At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Of course, we're presented by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Go to betmgm.com, download the BetMGM app right now. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey, where I. It, one thing I will tell you about the Kentucky Derby tomorrow is Kentucky Oaks Day. A hundred percent chance of rain. That's what Matt liked to go to on Friday. Yeah, um, Matt, Matt never saw the Oaks. He was smashed <laughs> before the Oaks even kicked off. I mean, that's you my, asked that's my son, son about the Derby, and and he won't even know anything about the Derby. He was he was bourbon dipe uh, by the time the Oaks played. Thank God for my daughter in law because she she got him around and got him there, but. Yeah, I mean, once you get a little bourbon going with the bat, with the with the man, it's it's not going to be pretty. He, he the Oaks, he barely made it. The next day, he was recovering. <laughs> so Kentucky Oaks Day is Friday, which is the girls when all they rain, run. Patrick. Hundred percent chance. Then is on, there a mutter in this course? Is there a mutter in this field? Zandon is um is is has won on a wet track. Epicenter has won on a wet track, but Michael, 14 of the 20 horses have never run on a wet track because, again, they're so lightly raced, they're just three years old coming into it. So the first thing you do when you start hearing about a wet track or a slop track is you go to pedigree, right? And you go to see Mm -hmm. how the mom, the dad, the lineage has fared on a wet track. And uh, looking through it, you know, Gunrunner, 
uh, is the dad of Taba, and Gunrunner was a great horse, horse of the year a few years back. He loved the slop. So you start kind of digging through Uncle Mo, Mo Donegal, you see right there the one hole. Now, the one hole, think about it this way. A lot of people love that horse you see, Mo Donegal, post one. The problem there, the last winner out of post one was 1984 in Ferdinand. Wow. Because as we've talked about, they also have never run in field sizes this big. They're running in field sizes of five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, but never 20. So when these horses right. get out there and you come out the gate and it's just mass chaos and bumping, a lot of them just don't have the temperament to handle it and they'll just you know, fall back. And when they fall back, they take a, bu a bunch of mud in the face if it's wet and that completely demoralizes them. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, and so when you're looking at this, what is the ideal post position? Is it, you know, Messier with eight, eight to one at the six pit at yep. the six, six post? Six is good. Ten is, is perfect. So ten is perfect. And I have the stats. Zandon at, at Zandon's tens three to one at ten, at, at at the tenth post. And that's how why about White Arbaro? White Arbaro is tremendous. And and the fifteen hole historically has been a really really a profitable post for betters, not just winning but also hitting the board. White Arbaro is going to be on my ticket. If I wasn't picking Taba, I would pick White Barrio. Won four times down at Gulfstream, won the Florida Derby. Very professional. If you're watching the broadcast, it's the most gorgeous horse you're ever going to see. It's completely white, you know, gray, but whitish. And I would say White Barrio, the 15 horse at 10 to 1, is the most professional, meaning can do anything, can rate, can be on the lead, can come from behind. It's a very good horse. I don't know if he's fast enough, Michael, but he's very good. You know what I didn't realize in doing research on Secretariat was that the, the owners can't just automatically name the horse. Like it's got to go to the racetrack commission to get approval. Yes. What it was the second it was the second set of three names before Secretariat became Secretariat. He was big red up until that point. You know, and I didn't realize that these names, because they seem so attached to the ownership group and all that was was so difficult to ch to choose well think about how how many horses in 150 years have been named so you can't name a horse you can't replicate a name from the past so that right. it has to go secretariat too you don't yeah, want to be secretariat too so it's oftentimes you'll see it named after its pedigree like mo donegal the one horse there is named after yep. uncle mo Uncle Mo, got Mo Donegal, that type of thing. You you, you often see that. Got Tis it. the I bomb is, is an epicenter. Epicenter is is name is his bloodlines. The trainer is, is what Epicenter. I'm glad you brought up the trainer. That he has the most wins in North American race racing history. Steve Asmussen, but he's never won the Kentucky Derby. So and why is that, Patrick? Has he not just run this race he's, enough? Or it's just, just such a hard. It's such a hard. It, first off. You know, getting into the race is one thing, getting into the race and having the horse be sound. But just, again, they've never gone a mile and a quarter. They've never seen field sizes like this. They've never seen crowd sizes like this. So, so much can go wrong. And he's had bad luck. But he thinks, he had a quote, I believe it was two days ago. I've got the best horse. I'm not concerned about my post. So he's feeling well, that, himself that's coming what into Secretariat's it. trainer said too, uh, Lauren. Uh, he Lauren. He thought he had the best horse too, but you know, I mean, and, and it proved out to be correct. So let, I want to go back because I'm naive in this field sure. and I want to learn from you. Uh, is like when you say they're not ready for this. What do the what are these three year olds? What have they been? What length have they been running before this? 
Myelistic, so this is 10 furlongs. I'll make it simpler. The most you're going to run coming into this is, you know, a nine, like Santa Anita Derby is nine furlongs. A furlong is, uh, if I'm a pro football field, you want to put it that way? So if you think yeah. about it, you're, it's quite it, the distance because sprinters go six furlongs. This is 10 furlongs. So some horses are bred to just simply have that spurt, the sprint. And then some horses are bred for the distance. This is a mile and a quarter. The prep races leading into the Kentucky Derby, Michael, none of them go a mile and a quarter. Now they train right. for a mile and a quarter, but you know, there's a difference between training and actually running a race. Here's the best way to explain it. When you see a horse race, and you see the horse continue to run and the, and, the tr and the jockey continue to work the horse after the finish line, it's because he's setting them up for the next race that is going to be longer. So some of these derby right. preps that are shorter than the Kentucky Derby, you'll see the jockey continue to race the horse because he's trying to condition him for the Kentucky Derby length. Right. And so when, we wa when we're watching the, the prelims, and I'm sure we'll have Saturday somebody on, uh, the the practice sessions, how much can you actually observe from their practice sessions and, and what can you learn from that? That's a great I mean, question. If you sent me to, a, you sent me to a, a, a football team's practice on Friday, I, I would learn a lot. Like I could tell you whether they're going to be ready to play or not. So the reason Zandon is three to one, which is an underlay, meaning he should not be three to one. The reason Zandon is three to one is because he's been a, quote, monster in the workouts. So the people that are on the track watching the workouts, what are you looking for in a workout when he's on the bridle? Meaning when you know, when you see a horse and they're like chewing on the bridle and they're bowed over. So it's almost like they're bowed. They're, they're pulling the jockey, meaning they want to go. That's when you, that's called being keyed up when a horse is really keyed up, but not overly where they're just kind of, they really want to grab the bridle and go during practice. That's when betters are like, okay, there's something about the way this horse is working out. When the horse is laconic and kind of just floating and doesn't really want to run, you can tell in a workout that he's just not into it. But when a horse is right. really chewing on that bridle like Zandon's been, been doing and looks really into the training, that, those are the horses that get bet leading up to the race. So when when so take me through the betting prospect of sure. this. So if you're if you so there's 20 horses declare for the Derby. Who that? What's the original line set for that based on the training sessions or based on their past performance? Yeah. Because the Chad Brown uh, horse that that basically we were just talking about Zandon. Chad Brown trained him. He had done a pretty good job in the couple races before so is it the leading up is that where the number comes from it's a perfect question so first off chad brown discuss him new york guy he's the best turf horse trainer in north america you know the difference between dirt and turf he he, yep. he always wins on the turf turf is a lot a lot about the late kick he just has a knack for training horses on the turf chad brown has been close but he is going to be a hall of famer he's never won the kentucky derby either he is the trainer of zandon the favorite how do they set the morning line it's called the morning line. That number comes out on Monday of the Kentucky Derby week after the post draw. You can't set these numbers until there's a post draw because the post matters right. so much to the odds. So as soon as Got the it. post draw hits, there is a person there at Churchill Downs, I forget his name, that immediately sets the odds based on exactly what you said. PP, past performances, and then how they've been training that week. 
So the person that's setting the morning line takes into account what you just said, the training, and then also the past performances. So it was surprising. The best horse coming in is Epicenter. You see him at three, seven to two. Mm -hmm. He's been the most consistent just on the racetrack. And in Louisiana, he took on very deep fields. But the horse that has been training the best is the 10, the Chad Brown Zandon. And so he was the morning line favorite after the post draw on Monday. And then how much rest will they get between the last practice run and when they actually run the race? You won't see – they're not going to push them from this point forward. There's some trainers that do it a little bit differently that will get a workout in today, but there's not going to be any hard workouts tomorrow. So you pretty much have your workouts done because then they want them to have a couple of day break in between that last push of a work and then Saturday, the day of the race. The problem with the day of the race, Michael, is the race is at seven o'clock at night. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like you as a human being, you and I are both morning people. Like some of these yeah. horses are morning horses and they got to wait yeah. around all day. So you train that way. That could be a problem. Their you, psyche, the, you know, what are they? They're staying. I mean, I'm sure the accommodations are perfect for these horses, but it isn't like they're watching television. I mean, you know, what are they doing? You well, know, they're just standing there waiting. I know. And I know this sounds weird, but I did a preview show with Sean King um, and we taped last night at 530. I swear to God, I was falling asleep. <laughs> Such an old man. And I thought about the horses. I was like, I'm not very good tonight on this broadcast, but cause you and I are so used to doing them so early. Right. So what they'll yeah. do is they'll fly these horses in early to Churchill downs and they'll train the horses later in the day to get them conditioned, to be ready to go off post time, six fifty-seven Eastern standard time. I love talking about, you know, Michael, if you ask me any, I'd love, we could keep going. I love By it. the way, I Messier is named after Mark Messier, the hockey player, I that. because he is a um, Canadian bred horse. We're back here on the Lombardi line. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, VP Kentucky Derby, here you go. Kentucky Derby special, $9.99. Check out the betting guide. I, this is incredible because it's not just about what Michael and I were discussing, that being the run for the roses in the Kentucky Derby, but it's the whole race card. So make sure you check it down. Breaks down the horses, the jockeys, the best bets. VEASAN.com slash derby guide. It's VEASAN.com slash derby guide. Okay. We welcome you back here, Lombardi Line. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. And we head out to Circa where our other studios are located and Uh-oh. say hi to our buddy, Amal Shaw. Amal, welcome. How are you? Tremendous. Tremendous. Good to, good to hear from you. <laughs> What's going on? Are you there? I didn't know my volume was turned down. I'm sorry. I was watching Rafael Nadal play terribly in uh, Spain right now. Well, it's, it's the, the wide world of sports with Amal. He can do everything. I mean, are you a, are you a derby guy too? No, you kidding me? We no. have a hard enough time with the humans. Forget the animals. <laughs> it's very That's well, good point. It's very well put. Um, he's a soccer guy. You watch uh, Real yesterday? That was incredible in Manchester uh, City. Patrick, I know you're a big soccer fan. I, you know, the only thing I could compare it to, and I don't even think it's accurate. Uh, I thought of potentially the meltdown by um, Barcelona at Anfield, but that was over the course of 90 minutes. I thought about. Um, Mun- uh, Baron missing the uh, Iron Robin penalty kick in Champions League final, giving up the 80th minute goal to DDA Drogba. Thought about the game in 2005 in Milan where Liverpool came back down 3-0. I mean, this was one of the epic collapses of all time. I don't know how you overcome this. You had a great shot to lift the Champions League trophy. I mean, Michael, this is a remnants of the Atlanta Falcons. In what way? What happened? Tell me. 28 to 3 they in collapsed. soccer. You got a one goal lead. They had they had a, basically they had to give up two goals in four minutes, five minutes, and Real Madrid scores two goals in about two and a half minutes, not even. I mean, at this level to be, to concede two goals that quickly, it, it, it's basically like squandering. I don't I don't know maybe if you equate it to a 28-3 lead, but Patrick, for me, it feels fairly close. I could not agree more. It's a tr- it's a perfect comparison, Michael. It was taking over the globe yesterday. You know, soccer is so global, and it was for those in the States, maybe not a big deal outside of me and a mall and a few others, but globally what was happening yesterday was it was incredible. It, 
it was amazing theater. So, yeah, I was into it as well. And I got to give odds on credit. You guys had a soccer spot on to handicap the match before it went down. So congratulations there, Amal Shaw. Well, oh, thank you. Very good segue by you. we got to give a shout out to Dustin Swedelson for giving us the terrific guest of Christopher Sullivan. We have him on every week. Great personality, great energy, lots of fun. Okay. We'd love to see it. What, um, what's, what are you frustrated about these days? I'm frustrated about anything. I don't know why people <laughs> confuse frustration with living in the real world. I don't know. You know, I don't get to yeah. live on Fantasy Island where you assume that, hey, you know, I can say this and do that, and I'm going to still be able to get a free cup of coffee. That and five bucks will get you the cup of coffee. We, yeah. So after well the put. draft, you've had time to reflect on it. Is there a team yeah. that you thought, oh, you know, that they look better to me than the media thinks in football? Is there a team that kind of hits you like that? No, but I thought the team that did extremely well in the draft was the New York Jets because I thought they got three players that are arguably the best players at their position. Now, you could say you like Stingley over Sauce Gardner, no problem. You might like Drake London or Jamison Williams or Olave over Garrett uh, Wilson. But I think there's a, uh, you know, just a plethora of guys you can argue for the one receiver in this draft. And then I thought Brees Hall, in my opinion, Michael, was the clear-cut best running back. And for the Jets to be able to draft these three guys, along with Johnson out of Florida State, I thought they did extremely well. Now, will it translate? It remains to be seen. Uh, but I saw the introductory press conference of the three first-round picks. I was really impressed. Uh, I think this is a division that can be there for the taking. Buffalo is obviously going to be the favorite, and rightfully so, with Josh Allen and what they can do for a long time to come. But if Zach Wilson is a guy that they projected to be at the number two pick, this team could be turning the corner uh, eventually, maybe in a year or two. What do you think of Zach? I mean, that's the great conversation. I mean, what do you think of Zach Wilson? I mean, I kind of was impressed by him down the stretch. I thought he played much better. Uh, I thought their offense improved. I wasn't really in love with LaFleur's offense earlier in the season. I thought it was too pedestrian-like and it was too, you know, too easy. But I actually thought they got better in the second half of the season. I'm going to defer to you completely on that one. I didn't watch enough of him to really comment. Probably saw them very intermittently, maybe a couple of times a year. I mean, it's hard to watch Jets game, right? On the road, they were getting killed. And most games at home, they were playing against opponents you couldn't care less. Probably the two games that were intriguing last year was against Cincinnati and against um, the uh, Tennessee Titans. But other than that, most of their games were fairly one-sided. So I didn't watch enough of him to be able to really comment and say, hey, this guy is going in the right direction or not. But I like what you said about him. Seems to be a positive and looks like the Jets have something to build on. Well, the only thing, Patrick, the only thing that yeah. worries me about the Jets, and there's hysteria about them, they're this great draft. I mean, when you break it down, they won four games. They beat Tennessee in overtime. Tennessee was the depleted team at that point. Remember that game? Tennessee had the mm -hmm. lead. The Jets came back. The, their other wins came. Then they beat Cincinnati. Remarkable, but remember in that game in Cincinnati, another one. But then they beat Houston and Jacksonville. I mean, two bad teams. And, you know, they never really played. I mean, they went down to New Orleans and they got whacked 30 to 9. I mean, you just were wondering, like, what's going on here? Are they ever going to? And, and my, my sense was I thought Wilson was getting better, you know, but is he really getting better? I mean, they were, they were just as bad on defense as they were on offense, really, when you break them down. I mean, this, this defense was ranked 32nd in the league in points allowed. Nobody realizes that. They were 32nd in points allowed, 32nd in yards allowed, you know, and they were 31st in creating turnovers, and they were 28th in giving the ball away. Yeah, there's a lot of love. Right? It, it didn't look like a well-coached team to me when you break them down. That's yeah. just me. There's a lot of love for them coming out of the draft. The draft is, 
it just to- tells you I'm all about the ins- insatiability that that people have for the NFL. Like so much is made about the complete unknown. Well, you're absolutely right, but I think the NFL has got a, a few advantages over the other sports. Hockey, basketball, 82 games. Uh, baseball, 162 games, really becomes taxing. It's hard for people, you know, they work jobs, that they're busy commuting, doing other things, have kids, other lives, to be able to pay attention. The NFL has such a, they've basically taken over Sundays for 20 to 22 weeks of the year. And so we're so all, we're just so immersed into it that you really pay attention to it. It's easy to follow up with it. You know, your quarterback's going to stay there a while. College is a sport. College football, I think if you went to a particular school, you have an affinity for it. Um, But if you went to a school that doesn't have a football program, you may not necessarily be as engaged with it. So I think the NFL has got such an ability to stand alone and be so dominant, and it continues to only expand. Well, put it this way, Michael. Yeah. What, Monday, the, Sunday, the Bucks, Celtics, where they get five million, a Sunday night football game gets fifteen. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not even well, close. The, it, I mean it's a draft. It's out a number one like crazy. It wasn't even funny. The the uh, Sunday night football is the number one rated show for nine consecutive years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's think a monster. About that. I mean, it's just that you can't come close to it. And let's go back to the Jets. You know, it's like everybody just thinks they're automatically going to make this giant mother may I step up here and. You know, and, and, and when you really break them down and have they improved their team, yes. But is their team going to be good enough? You know, I mean, they couldn't stop anybody. I mean, Indy got 500 yards on them. You know, the, the, Philadelphia 418, the, the, the Bucks 467. Then, they, you know, they, Patrick, they couldn't turn the ball over. The last five weeks of the season, they, they forced five turnovers, three of them in one game. You know, know, Michael, to your point, you're absolutely right. The team is really struggling. We see that's why they're drafting high in every draft. But I think it looked like they built a foundation. You've got to get guys that come in as first-round picks and really have an impact. We'll see if these three guys are able to do that. But I like the fact that they went out and got three guys. Uh, We'll see, you know, you got yourself a quarterback. You've got a potential running back. You've got a receiver. Offensive line needs to be addressed. I still think at some point in time, defensively, you mentioned it. But now you've got two different levels in which you've tried to bring in guys that can make a difference. And all you can do is draft on what you've seen, what your scouts evaluate. Now, if they pan out, the great. If they don't, you go back to the drawing board. But, um, you know, I think with the draft, just like the start of training camp, everyone's got rampant optimism. I mean, before the season starts, when, you know, you got two-a-days going on in college football, Rutgers and Maryland think they got a chance to win the Big Ten. Now that when they play their first yeah. conference game, they realize they can't. But until that point in time, there's still some optimism. You know what I said? No, no, I'm not down on the Jets. I just think to me we have to, like, if they get to eight wins or seven wins, I mean, you know, that all of a sudden their roster is better than New England? Come on. Did did you look at the numbers last year? If if you're saying their roster is better than New England, then you're saying the coach is horrible. You've said, you've maintained all along Robert Sala is not going to be a particularly good coach. Remains to be seen how he does. I, I don't know if anybody's implying or suggesting that. But I think whenever you bring in young players, any place, you bring in new people in any job place, there's an infusion of energy that generally is not there with people that have been there for a while. Most workplaces tend to get a little bit stagnant with people that have been there doing the same thing day in and day out and have not maybe seen the results that they would desire. The the great. funny the funniest tweet, great points by both of you. The funniest tweet yesterday was there was a picture of a bearded Tua and they were debating the step forward Tua is going to make this year. I thought Michael would get a yeah. kick out of that. No doubt. <laughs> he's going to dominate. I mean, come on. The two a leap. And if he doesn't, they'll tell you he's going to dominate. The two a leap is like, 
when Amal Shaw got the VEASAN and was sitting next to Brent Musburger, that was the two a leap. Like, you're just on another stratosphere. You know what I mean, Amal? No doubt. Uh, Patrick, you're a very intelligent guy. I expect a little bit better analogy in the future, but that, that'll work for now. <laughs> Meaning you were just on the radar and never went away. We'll see you next time, Amal. <laughs> we're coming back. Thanks. Lombardi line. <laughs> Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, first bet wants you to get in for Horse Racing's Triple Crown. We talked about this, so you can use the promo code Vegas22, and if you bet at least $25 on the Derby, then you're going to get $25 for both the Preakness and the Belmont free. So that's pretty cool, Vegas22. So free bets, $25 bets for both the Preakness and Belmont. You must sign up. Uh, what is it today? The fifth. You must sign up by the seventh. So by Saturday, use, using that code Vegas22 to qualify. Register today with Vegas22 at vcin.com slash horses. That's vcin.com slash horses. Okay. I am efforting Michael Lombardi. You know, Chris Belica, he is, he's texting mm -hmm. about the horses. He was texting you as well. He, he knows, hell, he knows hell of a lot the more than I do. He loves the horses. Oh, he's. Like, you know, I got to text Parcells to find out who he likes. I, I, I get that for yeah, you, Yeah, because I'm getting Felica's official play right now. Um, I would like to say, like, I I know a lot about horse racing. There are people like Felica and others that know a hell of a lot more than me. So I'll be excited to get his plays as yeah. well um, as we welcome in Josh. And then Bill Parcells, I think we say hi to Josh. I think people don't realize Bill Parcells is one of the great coaches of all time in the NFL. His passion is horse racing. <laughs> I mean, oh, loves it's it. not loves right. It. He's obsessed. He lives up. Doesn't he live up well, in Saratoga? Could, I could see why he likes it. I could see why he likes it so much because it's a very analytical. It's a lot like football. There's a strategy involved. There's the, the blood. There's the breeding. There's the numbers. There's the workouts. There's, you know, there's a lot that goes into, you know, and, and certainly it takes more luck. But I could see why it appeals to him. It's such a process. You know, a lot of those guys are so process oriented and uh, I would imagine, Josh, we've talked to you about it. Have you ever really gotten into the horse racing? So Patrick, Michael, great to be with you. Hope we got good, hopefully we have good hay here, Michael and Patrick. And we got to check on Patrick, <laughs> yeah. by the way, Michael, because he's getting sent out to the Derby. We got to make sure he's, you know, you know, be pacing himself on the mint juleps. I want to see a big oh, stop Sears it. Tucker outfit out of you, Patrick. But I would say I'm not nearly at the level that, that you are, Patrick, but uh, every you know summer, friends and I get together. I'm from Western Mass. You go to Saratoga, which is not far, and really what they taught me is get that book when you first walk in and start looking at the bloodlines and the morning line and comparing the early nine uh, early line to how it moves and getting in your exactas and trifectas. So, Patrick, you, you send me your plays for the Derby, and I'll be sure to tell you. Well, it is a paramutual betting market, which you know is pooled together, and it changes – in Europe, Michael, you can bet the fixed market, which is it's bet horse racing's bet a little bit differently. Horse racing in Europe is bet like we bet normal sports here. It's just in the States, horse racing is a paramutual market, so it's a little bit different. By the way, Felica like Zandon, the favorite. And if you watch his bluegrass, he goes last to first. It really is super impressive. And he likes the Brad Cox train cyber knife out of the 16 hole who won the Arkansas Derby and has had really good speed figures. So that's Chris Belica, who I think gave those official picks with Gil Alexander. And if we can top this show off with uh, our buddy Bill Parcells, that would be record breaking. You're going to, by the way, well, you're going to leave it. Let me do that. You're going to have to 
you and Millie are going to have to make a, a play for Saturday as well. While you're texting, Josh, will get into what we had. We had two overs last night in the NBA, and he had the favorites covering. So overs, favorites, I would imagine the public got fat yesterday. Yeah, they did. And, and really, Patrick, you know, no NBA today, sadly. You know, I wish the schedule makers would have given us at least a couple games today. But I think it's really important. You know, one thing that's notable to me, guys, is regression. We always talk about it. But when you see one thing happening at a really, really high rate, at some point, you're going to see it kind of come back to the mean. And I think that's what we're seeing with some of these totals. Like, for example, both overs hit yesterday, 2-0. and You actually saw some movement to both of these overs. Even though the Miami Heat have cashed a ton of unders, you know, throughout the postseason, this total opened around like 206.5. It ends up closing 209. You have that over steam. It ends up coming through. Same thing with the Mavs and the Suns, around 215.5 up to 217.5. But that was notable because going into it, guys, unders were cashing at a ridiculous rate. I think they're about 67%. So anytime you identify like wow unders are really crushing at this playoffs don't be so quick to just blindly kind of tail that that trend because if the unders keep cashing what are the odds makers going to do they're probably going to set these lines a little bit too low shade them low because they know the public will bet these unders anyway and so you're starting to see maybe some of these these overs start to bark a little bit and same thing with the with these favorites guys favorites now in the nba playoffs uh continue to cash they're right now uh 20 and let me see 34 and 24 60 percent overall that chalk may continue, but to me, guys, even though if you look overall, the unders are crushing it, be wary of some regression to these overs because these odds makers have adjusted these lines downwards so much because these unders keep cashing. The, um, you're right about the schedule makers. Look, I know there's a reason for this, but <laughs> waiting for the Celtics, Bucks, and Grizzlies, Warriors until Saturday, it feels like an attorney. You know what it does? It loses some of the juice. You know, like it those really are does. two great series. You're right. If we had them, t- if we had them tonight, it would be so exciting. Or put one of the games on at 8 o'clock so that the East Coast can see can see the Memphis Warriors game so we could enjoy That's it right. and not have to stay up till, you know, like give us a chance to watch the game, you know, and put it on at 8.30. I mean, why not make them all that way? I, I You know, like to me, I, I get they, they want to do it, you know, but this taking time off, it does. And they were having good momentum. These games are too damn good. I don't understand why the Philly series got heated up and then everything else goes because I guess they want Philly to be out of it pretty quickly if they can get it over with. Well, the second half on Tuesday, Josh, I don't know how you guys stay up that late. The second half of the <laughs> Grizzlies Warriors on Tuesday, Ja had one of the great halves you're ever going to see. It was riveting basketball. It's on so late. And now we've got to wait three days off that game to get into it. It's just, again, I'm sorry. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me as far as waiting. So anyway, and it'll be 3.30. It's going to be, I guess it'll be on before the Derby. But no, Memphis and Golden State's going to be on during the Derby. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the timing works out that it's going to be on during the Derby. That's a a bad job. Josh, do something about that. Call Will Hill and get him on the schedule makers. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say one thing as a Celtics fan, guys, I'm kind of happy on the one hand. I wish we had a Celtics game to sweat tonight or even tomorrow, but it does give the Celtics a little bit more time with Marcus smart to kind of get that injury. And again, he was, it was kind of thought of as a thigh contusion, but you're hearing if you're in Boston, multiple injuries, maybe a shoulder stinger. We saw him, you know, hold his arm and run off the court. He's had a bit, a bit of an issue with the knee. What's notable to me, guys, if you like the Boston Celtics going in uh, to now the series shifting to Milwaukee, a lot of these books open Milwaukee around a two and a half point favorite. They got up to three and I'm saying, okay, 
okay, you know, shift back home. Milwaukee may have some home cooking. Well, that plus three is now getting juiced up to minus 115. Like it may get back down to two and a half. And as of right now, you're getting about three out of four bets on Giannis at home, sweating a short number. So if you get a little more time for Marcus Smart to rest and rehab, uh, maybe the Celtics, you know, they start to hit their threes now after that game too. If you like Boston, I grab the plus three now. It looks like it's getting down to two and a half. You know, it's a slow sports day when on the TV here in the studio is Joy Behar and Queen Latifah and The View. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm struggling over here. <laughs> Kevin, it's that's tough. on you. It's tough. <laughs> that's on you, Kev. It's tough. <laughs> it is tough. Um, would just You can give us just overall, are you still riding the dogs in the Stanley Cup playoffs here, Josh? So I kind of am Patrick, but I would caveat it as uh, I'm leaning more a little, bit, a little bit on a desperation type system. So what I mean by that is if you have any playoff experience where you made it last year and you're down 0-1 or you lose a game, these teams coming back and really kind of fighting back. You saw uh, go 3-1 and yesterday where the Oilers were down 0-1. They win that game. Uh, my Bruins obviously are in a tough spot right now. It's not looking good for the Bees. Uh, we had Tampa Bay. Well, being down 0-1 with playoff experience coming back and winning. Same thing with Minnesota. So one match that I like today, guys, that I'd be looking at, the New York Rangers. Give me the Rangers tonight. They open around a minus-140 favorite. They've been steamed all the way up. This is your biggest line move of the day, all the way to minus-160. And if you look at those uh, teams in a desperation spot off a loss, 3-1 and one so far this playoffs, look at the last uh, 15 years or so, they're 52%, but almost a, uh, around like a 15% ROI. They've done very, very well. The angle here, guys, they went to triple overtime in the first game. The Rangers obviously lose that one, but they're going to play Pittsburgh tonight. Louis Domingue, he's about their third or fourth string goalie here, uh, and you do have um, a lot of movement toward the Rangers. I'll sweat the Rangers. I'll go puck line, Patrick, on the Colorado Avs. You're getting a, th a third string goalie with Ingram here uh, for the Nashville Predators. Then also keep an eye on the under in the Dallas-Calgary game. That's a five and a half total. It's the lowest on the board, but it's juiced up under minus 115. And you do have a one nothing game in game one. But also Dallas is one of your best under teams this year. They're the second lowest scoring team in the playoffs. And they play great defense as well. I'll be looking at the under five and a half with the Flame Stars. So let me get this straight. The Penguins and Rangers can play three overtimes on Tuesday come back and play Thursday night yet the Warriors and Grizzlies and Celtics and Bucks play Tuesday and are playing on Saturday. I don't think we're making a big enough deal. It's a four day break. It's a joke. I mean, the, the hockey and the season, once the, once they award the Stanley cup for hockey a week later, they're going to start the preseason. <laughs> I mean, they don't they give them no time off. All I know is sudden death in hockey. Growing up as a Detroit Red Wing fan, it's not even fun in the postseason when they go to extras. When they go to overtime, Josh, it's like literally it's not enjoyable as a home fan. It really is. Your heart's in your throat. It's simultaneously the best and the worst thing in the world, Patrick. I know we're up against it real quick, guys. One thing that we're seeing in Major League Baseball, betting against the Cincinnati Reds. They're the worst team in the league by far, only 3-21. and If you actually bet against them on the run line, you've cashed a ton of bets so far. I know it's kind of a chalky play, but uh, I think Michael does a good job of identifying teams to maybe bet against versus bet on. I'm betting against the Reds for the foreseeable future. I'm laying it with Milwaukee today. Milwaukee got a big steam move, minus 190, up to around minus 230. Yeah, the off season moves for the Reds kind of demoralize that team and they're playing like they're not happy to be there and they've got a long summer to go Josh Market Insights oh is the pot yes get that glove out where's Mr. Mark Baseball shot? where's Mark shot Mark shot's <laughs> dropping racial epithets up in heaven right now <laughs> we're coming back <laughs> Lombardi line
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn reward points, kind of like your credit card. You see it there, redeemable for online bonuses or converted into comps at MGM Resorts nationwide. So check it out. Make sure you sign up for the loyalty program over at betmgm.com or download the app. 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have an issue, must be 21 years or older. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas as we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. So, Patrick. Yes, please. I got clarification. So uh, from somebody in the league, Harden had a deadline to pick up the, 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 the player option. He didn't do it. He now has to do it by July 1. July 1st. So I don't understand. It's really not a deadline, but he didn't do it originally when he came. They said he was going to do it, but he never did. Now he's got to do it at July 1st. So now it comes down to by July 1st. he and Maury in a room together deciding, are they going to go one year and then decide based on performance if they give him the max or if they're going to max him out now 
which Harden would probably take because he's got to understand his body and understand that he's never, I don't, who's going to pay him a max after this? Who? If I were the owner of the 76ers and Maury made any deal other than the deal that he's already made, which is to get the player's option, I, I would fire Maury. Like, it's negligence. You totally. can't throw away my money like that. So if you said to him, I'll get you on a two-year deal at, at, at uh, $100 million, that's you're giving away $53 million of my money. Like, seriously, if, if, if we're into this for 47 because he picks up his option, it's a mistake that we have to live with. I get that. But we don't have to live with any other mistake that we could potentially add to the basket. Yeah. It, negligence is a good way of putting it. Because it's malpractice. It's malpractice if you do that. I mean, the evidence is, is overwhelmingly in, 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 you know, and I'm critical of Doc, but it's overwhelmingly that he can't do it. Now, look, we've seen this before in the NBA where we know Westbrook's done, but teams still trade him and pay him. So we see it all the time. I mean, it's not like it's uncommon, but this one you're pretty much aware of, right? You, unless you're blind, <laughs> like what's going on right now. And we talked about it earlier, the ascendance of Maxi, like you're literally going to max out a player to be your third option and a declining asset. He's depreciating. Like there's no, like yeah, no he's on that side. That, that trend is going way down. So you can't pay. It would be negligent. Right. It would be complete negligence. It would be a, you're not paying attention. I mean, it's one thing to misevaluate the player. And, and so if you said, okay, I'm going to get, you know, we'll get, uh, you know, Mike D'Antonio in here and he'll change the way this guy plays and we'll play. Okay, great. If that's what you want to do to save this, go ahead. That's 40. But we're not doing any more than that. So you corrected that for me. Can I correct myself? Remember when you were asking about, we said a mile and a quarter is 10 furlongs. And these horses, you know, mm -hmm. they've run nine furlongs before. And I said an extra furlong, I don't know, a football field. I was just grasping. It's actually 220 yards. So think about that, Michael. So it's two football it's, fields. It's over so it's two a, it's football. It's the end zone and another field. So that is a, that's, that's a long distance if you think about it. That's yeah, why it the is. mile and a quarter is tough to get. Remember, they go mile and a quarter and then the Preakness is shorter. And then they go a mile and a half at the Belmont. It's, it's. That's why you've only seen. Yeah, I wonder why. Wonder why they do that. Why do they do that? Why don't they just build up to the crescendo? I guess they just truly want to challenge. It's these they want to challenge the horses, and they do it in four weeks. You know, like there's nothing yeah. like the triple crown, because I mean, you, you think about why the miss of Baffert is such a big deal. First off, when you and Millie turn on Saturday, the Kentucky Derby for the last 25 years, he's kind of he and you know. Lucas have been the face of the sport. So casual observers, when they turn on the Kentucky Derby, they've seen Bob Baffert. He's not going to be there this year. So that's a big thing. But also right. this, until 2015, 11 horses in the history of the sport had won the Triple Crown. And 77 was the last time it had happened. Baffert trained American Pharaoh in 15. He trained Justify in 18. So he's got the 12th and 13th in the history of the sport Triple Crown winners. So, like... And we just talked about what a gauntlet it is to go. And also remember, it's not just the short time in between the races. It's the travel from Churchill to, right. to the Preakness, to Belmont, up in New York. Like, this is a lot on a three-year-old horse. No, no doubt. And, and it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. If I was in the television business, I would try to find a way to get the ba – is Baffert even allowed to have a crew in his, in his house? I, that's a great I mean, you know question. he's going to be watching, right? That's a great question. 
And I told you when you were in studio. I mean, wouldn't you want wouldn't you want to have kind of like a, go to his home and interview him and talk to him about the Manning it and, cast, the Baffert know, cast. That, that's what you should have, the Baffert cast. Let him go through the races for you. Yeah, that's who wouldn't watch that? That is brilliant. I didn't even think about that. And nobody's better talking the sport. It's almost like, you know how you and I joke when Belichick and Saban aren't in the mix and they actually do TV, you learn more by listening to them than anybody else that's on TV. Like Baffert, right. you're going to learn more from him than anybody else. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, because he, he's got practical experience. It's one of my flaws with the draft. I mean, we send all these people up there on stage that have no practical experience in the draft room. I mean, you know, what we were talking about, I finally tallied the numbers up. I mean, when Minnesota traded down, you know, they lost 280 points in that trade, Patrick. And when I finally tallied it up, they lost 280 points. Oh, they did lose value. They lost it when I finally tallied it up. I did not realize that. Okay. Because we we were talking about it in studio, and I I made you do it quickly on the spot. So they, they did lose value. Wow. It didn't make sense in the moment. You said that in the moment. You didn't like it. Yeah, and so I just got a text from somebody in the league who just told me that Maury will pay Harden anything. Anything he wants. Anything. It's a wonderful relationship. That's the feeling in the league. Hey, find, find somebody that loves you league. like Maury loves Harden, and you're going to have a fruitful life. I mean, like, I don't know how you can sit there as the owner of the team and let that continue on. That, that's a fireable offense. Incredible. Because you're going to destroy the franchise, right? I think malpractice is... What did you say? Call it negligence. I think that's the word. Negligence. If, if you're going to pay hard and look, he has the right to pick up the 47 million, and you're you you bought into that when you traded him. But beyond that, negligence. Yeah. So that's that. Uh, can I play a clip for you quickly? Sure. Because we ha- I, we haven't got your reaction to this. Let's go ahead and run it there, Matt Santos. We're competing against each other. We're uh, you know watching the same tape. We're, we're doing the same drills. Uh, I don't think it's my job to mentor him, but, um, you know, if he learns, learns from me along the way, then, um, then that's a great thing. Tanny Hill talking Willis. We haven't heard your reaction. What do you think? I think what he said is absolutely 1000% right. It's not his job. That's why we pay coaches. What his job is, is to be a pro and through his osmosis of being a pro through the observation, Willis has to watch him. It's what Van Gundy said the other night on television. I thought was brilliant. You can't lead if you can't play. Mm. Like, you can't be a great leader if you, can't, if you can't play. Like, there's no leaders in any sport that sit on the bench. So you've got to, what Tannehill's got to be able to do is do what he does. Show him how to work hard. Do the things that he has to do. As I was writing up Unitas today, Unitas was pretty, pretty clear. When he went to the first training camp, he saw that all the quarterbacks had these extensive notes on these players. And he didn't have them. You know, and so he felt like he was behind. And so he wanted to make sure from that point forward. So he was learning how to become a pro from watching other people. That's what you do. Tom Brady never could, could care less whether Jimmy, he wasn't going to take Jimmy Garoppolo under his wing. He was, he was certainly friendly with Garoppolo. They had a partnership. They did things together. But there was a separate, I mean, we're competing against one another. Like, I don't know why anybody's upset with Tannehill on that notion. I, I applaud him for it. I, I like your take. It's a little too sensitive to be attacking him. Did you hear what he said, by the way, that 
after that playoff loss, he went to a really dark place. And I, I, I give him credit for admitting that, right? And that comes from I, what I he's talking too. about there. He's a competitive dude that really took that loss hard, and he's not interested in coaching somebody right now. Yeah, I mean, I think what happened was exactly what we said here on the show was he was programmed and he, re, and, he, and he didn't program himself. I mean, the first throw of the game can't make that throw. I mean, they're playing the – this is kind of almost like it masked the Bengals. They played their worst game of the year, maybe the game that they played against the Jets as well, but, and they still had a chance to win that game. They did. I mean, McPherson makes all those kicks outside of 50 yards. Give him credit. But this Titan team, we were talking about on the pod today, Patrick, they're a funny team because I never like them. I don't think they're talented enough, but this coach really gets Rabel them. does a great and he'll job. he'll develop the players. He'll develop the players, there's no doubt. Well, Simmons, I mean, think about it. Like, you're right. He, he, de- he develops. He's, you've, really, you've really sold me on him as a coach. And it's shocking, too, because remember, as a D.C., he had a very mediocre year, the one year he called oh, plays at the Texans. But some guys are better leaders as head coaches than they are as, as, as assistant coaches. That's a good point. And some guys are bad. Some guys are really good assistants. They can't be head coaches. Dick LeBeau, for example. Great coach. Bad head coach. Parcells, great delegator who knew everything, but maybe better as a delegator than as a specific guy, right? No doubt. No enjoy, doubt. enjoy, enjoy the. Uh, I the will derby. send you once I hear back from. Him, I'd I'll love let to you hear. Know. I'd love to hear, Michael. Uh, enjoy your day. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, Patrick. Okay. Odds on's coming up next here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.